pride of Limerick. A young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 193 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan. With me, like every week, is the Dominic Harrison of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. As we come up on our, is it our first podcast? It is our first podcast even uh, of the new year. And it's going to be a little bit of a different podcast uh, this week. We're going to go through a lot of your questions. We're going to go through the, our awards for the year of the year and kind of in review with, uh, and uh, some bowl predictions as well. I asked on Twitter to send me in your bowl predictions for the year. So we're going to discuss, but I think we got about 140, 150 of them. So we'll get through as many of them uh, as we possibly can. Graham, how were you? Last week we were here on the podcast. Liverpool were, were 10 points ahead. League one. Not, not so much anymore, <laughs> is it? Not so much anymore. It's kind what of... was I telling you, Sean? You should have listened to me. Well, like, I think you were even so, getting a I bit cocky there. I hate to say I told you so. Me? <laughs> you are. You are, yeah. All Liverpool. Nah, you, know you know me. I don't count my chickens. Do you know what the most fucked up thing about it is, though, right? Imagine, right, uh, uh, let's let's say Jose Mourinho was a Man United manager until a couple of weeks ago, right? Imagine if Jose Mourinho was seen in a nightclub on a Wednesday night, absolutely pissed out of his head, dancing around, and then Man United lost to Man City three days later. Imagine the, the back page. Was the it actually day. him, though? Was it actually it was him? him. What? How was, was it, it actually him? But, like, that isn't even... Know. I'm literally the only person I've heard saying that. Like, I haven't heard anyone else saying anything about that. Isn't that mad, like, the difference... In like the the way Liverpool are covered and the way Man United are covered, like it that's just singles it out. Like no what? one has even what mentioned you, what's that. Got, what's that. What's that got to do with Man United being covered? Jose Mourinho is like it, it been covered differently since before he's at Man United. Yeah, but like exactly that's what I'm saying. Like look at Man United. You're saying the difference between Liverpool are covered and Man United is yeah. covered. It's 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 more Jose Mourinho as opposed to Klopp because Jose is like uh, he doesn't like the media don't like him because he's a, he's a and Arsenal did him and nah, Klopp gives them good stuff I think it's just that people like the narrative right now is Liverpool are a positive story they're a good team everyone likes them and everything it's just that's the way the narrative and just Manchester United is a dumpster fire and exactly yeah but now the narrative is oh he's uh, unleashed the uh, unleashed the uh, shackles and he's he's uh, letting them play and mm-hmm. all this stuff and all this stuff and like there's always a narrative like you know mm-hmm. there is like, but that's mad when, he, when like. he loses the narrative will be like oh well you know, we all knew this would happen, even though people are kind of starting like to act like Solskjaer is like a genius. Oh, Solskjaer. Oh, you're going Solskjaer. I thought you were talking about Klopp there, but yeah. No. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, sure. Solskjaer goes out in the beer. I'm sure no one will say anything about it if he's seen Dan's. Do you want, do you want Solskjaer to stay as manager if he keeps winning, if he gets into the Champions League? If he gets the Champions League, yeah, sure. Why not? Give him a chance. If he's done pretty well so far. I think like they're playing Tottenham next week. Obviously, they've played. It's a nice. Yet, it's been a very nice one of games. Yeah, it was 100%. smart by the Man United board to to get Mourinho out of there because he probably would have won them games as well, Mourinho, but maybe not in as good style. And then he, he would be like, well, I've you know, he would be kind of patting himself on the back, and it'd be harder to fire him. Yeah, true. But still, Man United weren't winning those games. Ford United are the, Man United are the only team to win every festive game as well in the Premier League. So that's. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good start. Liverpool did as well. Like, festive season's over, no? Ah, well, no, they got they got beaten. I, when they say a festive period, they mean like all the games that are like really close together. Now, although for Liverpool, I suppose you're right actually, because Liverpool didn't really have a festive season because their games were so far apart. All of them, they're not playing now again. <laughs> it's an absolute <laughs> well, farce. Like, did, have you seen Liverpool's fixtures? Like, they had like five games off between every uh, five days off between every game. It's an absolute well, that's, that's farce. What I, that's what I was talking to you about getting knocked out of the shit cups. Like, that's what it does for you. There was no cups. On. Cup. There was no cups. There was. On. Wasn't there? Did no. did did, did oh, like at the start of December? Was there not? Was there not no, like a carrier bag? I, cup I'm games? talking like last two weeks. Like Man United, oh, had, like, talking the, every three the, ga- three ga- days. Man United had a game. Liverpool every like five days. They get two weeks in Barbados between games. Like fucking ah, joke. It's a Making joke. up lies here. It's a joke. All right, let's get into them. Typical anyway. Man United fans basing their <laughs> their arguments on lies. <laughs> you can tell that there isn't much to talk about this week. Isn't there? But anyway, let's get into uh, kind of our, our year in, in review here. Before we, we'll kind of do it with the awards, with the fighter in the year and stuff. But overall, like. How would you, how would you judge the year? Like uh, I was talking to a couple of people last week and kind of putting these awards together. It wasn't really a classic year for MMA, was it? Um, no, we had one of the biggest fights of all time. Though. That's true. Like and pay per view wise and kind of everything wise in terms of uh, star power. Like mm-hmm. um, we also we had some good fights, but there was. Just, I I think people were talking 
about oversaturation a few years ago, but it's really, I think it's really affecting even the hardcore fans now. Yeah. Like, I think people kind of assume that, like, oh, well, the hardcore fans will always watch, but it's oversaturation for the for the general kind of casual fan. But now I think it's actually people who were hardcore fans are now feeling the oversaturation, don't even watch all the cards or watch them all live. And it's kind of the buzz around these events, even before, has kind of died down even the lead up to the Habib and McGregor fight it, it took a good while for the for the interest to get going even though it obviously ended up being the biggest selling pay-per-view of all time mm-hmm. it it probably didn't the hype didn't seem to live up to what people hoped the hype would be mm-hmm. I think like I think the casual audience right now for like the big huge events is bigger than it's ever been but I think the the hardcore audience is just dying away, and it's dying a slow death because it's like it's actually impossible to watch everything. You know, people were talking about the other day about the the PFL and this you know series they did, and so it's like I, I just couldn't watch any of that. There was there was just just too much MMA. I can't even Bellator and stuff is like mm-hmm. people used to all all the hardcore fans used to always watch Bellator and like always always always. Now it's like it's hard to watch and it's on tape delay for no reason half the time and people have just gotten fed up of it yeah it's a really like it's even hard to watch all the UFCs like I used to my, you were the same you used to watch absolutely every UFC if I couldn't miss anything now you, you yeah, just even know. The, like you know the first fight of the night and stuff like on Facebook or wherever yeah. it was you'd be making sure to watch it now like if you missed the couple, first couple of fights you're like ass grand yeah like, catch, the, catch the prelims in the main card unless there's like you know Nathaniel Wood is fighting or Tom Duke and War you know you've Shorty Torres fighting so, you know someone like that that you know about you care about didn't generally watch it but if it was like you know a Brazilian fighter against American fighter C like you're you're just you don't really need to watch it we don't really need to talk about it on the podcast you know if someone kind of separates themselves from the pack it it's it's you know it's great and we'll see him and all but that's it's for us, it's it's natural, and for the fans, it's natural, and for everything. But for the fighters itself, I don't know. Is it, you know, I don't know. Is it the best thing in the world? Okay, there's guys who probably wouldn't have gotten an opportunity a few years ago getting the opportunities, but there's guys who probably you know. Yeah, UFC caliber is like you know used mm-hmm. to be like a kind of thing people would talk about a lot, but now it's just there is no UFC caliber. Yeah, like I think these days it'd, it'd be hard for like um like a top ten star like a cowboy Cerrone to emerge. Like I think it'd be very hard for someone to be a star like him or like. Uh, um, a Joe Lozon or someone like that you know someone who's never going to be a champion or anything like that but can have a really good career just because they kind of become a fan forever everybody kind of likes them they fight well and stuff I think that's harder and harder to do you know we see guys coming through and they have to do a lot like Israel Adesanya he's to have like this he's kind of become one of them but he's had to have this unbelievable style knock guys out just be be really good you know even guys like look at a guy like maybe Dominic Reyes or someone like that in light heavyweight very few people even talk about him you know and, and you know a lot of the hardcores do but it's 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 very difficult to do that, and I suppose that's what the oversaturation has kind of done to us. It's made it harder to be a fan of fighters, and it's made it harder to be a fan of MMA as well. Like, and I think I heard someone talking about it the other day. Like, like, would you be better off as a fan to actually kind of take a step back and just like watch the main fights and watch the main pay per views and stuff? Would it be a lot easier? And I think it probably, it actually probably would be kind of looking at this review or looking at this year in in review as we do. Like, it's hard. It's hard. Like especially in a year like this like we've had some other years where there's like five or six fight of the year candidates five or six fighter of the year candidates this one you know doing the, the kind of reviews and stuff there was, you know, there was a lot of good fights a lot of good fighters a lot of good knockouts and stuff but nothing really stood out in most of those categories there wasn't you know okay we had the, the Korean Zombie versus Chan Sung Jung for the, for the knockout and for the fight of the year and they were two really great ones but you know, it, they were kind of easy choices in a way, really, weren't they? You know, uh, look, just, I suppose, as we get into it here, fight of the year, we had, we had a few ones, like Jeremy Stevens versus Duho Chai was a pretty good fight. Poirier Gaethje, that was, that was a really good fight as well. You know, McDonald, Lima, uh, Robert Whitaker versus Will Romero, which a lot of people were saying as well. And Anthony Pettis, uh, Tony Ferguson was, was another one we had there and a couple more as well. No no real great, huge classics there, apart from the Korean Zombie, yeah, Will Romero, yeah. or... Um, uh, yeah, Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez even, was there? Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez, Yang Sun Jung is uh, is the. I always find it hard to say that for some reason. Me too. It's not that. Yeah. Even though I just called Korean Zombie for so many years, um, that was an that was an absolutely brilliant fight. Um, I think it uh, we'll come on to our awards later, but uh, yeah, it featured in our awards, and it's it's one that stands out just for because it kind of had everything, and obviously the last second brutal knockout. A beautiful, beautiful fucking finish, like to a beautiful fight. Like it's one that you'll remember. But you think with all with all the oversaturation saturation of events, you think there'd be more top quality fights. But maybe it's a thing of the techniques are getting better, so people don't leave themselves as exposed to 
to like you know flying triangles or like crazy knockouts as much as maybe in the past they did because people were wide open defensively mm-hmm. now they're not now they're not yeah that's true and like when you get to the top level as well I, I talked about it a few times on different rewatches and on this podcast and stuff as well like it's grand knocking lads out and beating them when you're coming through and stuff and you know we, we see it a lot with guys even like someone like Wonderboy coming through just like knocking everyone out beating them up but then he gets to the very top level and it's you know it's harder to fight, finish fights harder to, to beat the very top guys and you know naturally but you know, maybe people don't don't see that as much and don't realise it as much. And as well this year, I think, there's been a real a real slowdown of the top, uh, uh, you know, the fighters at the very top. Like, look at any of the divisions. Look, look at Tyron Woodley. What, he's fought, like, once or twice this year. Uh, Habib uh, only fought really one. You know, he fought Ali Quinta as well, but on short notice, that fight, you know, obviously he got... Now, uh, he was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson, so really only the, the McGregor was the only fight. You know, the, the big guys in the I big think, divisions... I think, though, I, I think that is because, at least partly because people like McGregor especially have That's brought true. the... The, the the pay scale up so much that these guys don't need to fight three or four times a year. They can fight once and have enough money and they don't need it. Like like champions and or contenders, guys going for belts in the past would be making like, you know, thirty grand mm-hmm. to yeah, show up. True. Now they're making now they're making a couple of hundred. Yeah, that is that is very true as well. Yeah. So like I suppose that's that's a thing that'll probably only get worse maybe unless you know, unless McGregor's ends up retiring or something and we go back to where it's you're, they're going to need to bulk up some of the other people. It's hard to go back though. Like draw. these yeah, guys, it it's like, do you want to take a massive pay cut? And Diaz is like, mm. no, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's on it. And I suppose as we kind of get into the, the awards here further as well, you know, we talked about obviously the, the fight of the year was uh, was the Korean Zombie versus uh, versus uh, Yaya Rodriguez, whose name I keep forgetting. But fighter of the year, that Daniel Cormier was our our unanimous kind of the, uh, person there. We, you know, there was a few more. Cameron Usman as well had a pretty good year. Dustin Poirier had a great year. Habib with those two wins, as I mentioned. Lamusasi had a great year as well. And Max Holloway putting on that, that phenomenal performance. We had a couple more uh, in there as well. But it had to be Daniel Cormier, really, didn't you know? Getting in, uh, getting his uh, his light heavyweight belt um, yeah. back. and, and Holding uh, belts consecutively. Uh, like, it had only been done once before. And obviously, it's been done again by Amanda Nunes. But... It's it's a, it's a rare thing, even though it's kind of it's like what do they say? They all saying it's like buses; they all come at once. Yeah, I, I remember I did one of the useless facts before. I think it was like in the first what was it, twenty two years of the the UFC or something. There was only one uh, two way champion, and then in like the last what two years, there's been what three: Daniel Cormier, uh, Conor yeah. McGregor, and uh, but there was never there was never consecutively, and now there's been three in in what just over a year. Or... That's true as well, concurrently. Yeah, that is that is very true. Yeah, it's but it's a thing they've kind of. Uh, do you think? That's to do with Endeavor as well because of that. You know, they want to put on the bigger fights and they want to put on more, you know, money fights and they don't really care about the divisions as much. They just want to make as much money. Yeah, I think I think Lorenzo talked about, like, he tweeted out some, like, infamous tweet about, like, oh, you, you waited too long for Mayweather and Pacquiao and yeah. now nobody cares and you got to strike while the iron's hot. Like, when, when people were talking about Anderson Silva and GSP, but then GSP didn't want to do it or he wanted to do it later because he didn't want to move up and then move back down and... There was a lot of excuses or reasons given, and it never happened. And then there was talk of John Jones going to heavyweight. A lot, uh, John Jones talked about it a lot, but never materialized. Um, then it, maybe Endeavor would have given Anderson Silva a title shot instead of giving him. You know, who do they give him? Uh, Irvin and Bonner and Forrest Griffin was an ex-champion, but. Mm-hmm. They gave him kind of nice matchups and didn't give him the the, the, the upper echelon. Yeah, that's true. And he fought that. Da- it was a heavyweight. He fought Daniel Cormier as well. That was a lot later on, obviously. And that was a uh, yeah, short notice. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, but isn't that mad as well? Like seeing, you know, obviously we saw McGregor doing it. I suppose with Nate Diaz pretty recently, but for Anderson Silva to go up and fight kind of a contender away up, that was it. Was, mm. it was a bit mad as well. And I, I was just looking as well. Nate Diaz, because I think it's. Well, it's four years if you go by years, but it's like three years and a month since Nate Diaz last had a fight at lightweight, which is kind of mad, isn't it? You know, to, to think about it, and he's he's still ranked and all, which is which is another story getting off topic. But you know, it's I suppose yeah. as we, you know, the, the team of this to, to start has been kind of the oversaturation and people not fighting and a lot are you of money trying to say you trying to say McGregor's right and he's actually at welterweight. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's it, <laughs> I think like. You know, money fights are for for those top guys are really taking over. Like, and it's inter- It's a very interesting year as well as we look ahead, kind of 2019. The Diaz brothers. I, like, I predicted my predictions last year that neither, neither Diaz brother would fight, and I was right. Like, you know, I, I I was thinking about predicting that again that neither Diaz brother would fight again. I I hope I'm wrong, but you know, they they might not well, fight. The Masvidal like, fight is off for Nick, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like yeah. Then Dana White said it, and kind of Nick said it as well. But you know, oh Dana White said it, so it's on. Well, it probably is on. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's it's a it's a mad one anyway. Um, 
let's let's get through here again. Uh, submission submission of the year was Zabit Magomed Sharapov against uh, Brandon Davis. His his way of stretch. Uh, this was probably you know a, mm. a, a section that we had a good few options. Charles Oliveira had a great yeah. guillotine against Carlos Condit. Alexi Olnik always in there with a couple. Of his, I his should. I, I was thinking just there before you said all on that. It's like, do you think it's because he's done it like so many weird submissions that you kind yeah. of get used to it, and that if he just done that as a as a as some big old heavyweight who never really did that before, that you'd be like, oh, that's definitely the the winner. Yeah, it is because like we we look at the two solo of stretches in the one night, and we we're kind of I think one person had had Sterling, and then the rest of us or two two people had. Uh, the, the main one I think and one had something else in but it's it's because that was kind of a strange submission you know? we've only seen what I think it's four ever in the UFC or three or something like we've probably only seen three or four um, Ezekiel chalks ever in the UFC as well and just because they've all been <laughs> from all yeah, exactly, yeah. it's why we you just become that. used to like you know yeah. when Anderson Silva lands a spectacular knockout you're just like oh well it's just an Anderson Silva fight but if anybody else did it you'd be like wow that's amazing yeah that's true so like I think even a couple of McGregor knockouts maybe didn't win knockouts oh, yeah. the year before you know when I always talk about that first round against Mendez if anybody else had done that to Mendez I think or if Mendes had done that to McGregor, the exact opposite, they would have scored the round the other way. Yeah. Um, Anthony Pettis' triangle armbar as well on, on Michael Chiesa was, was a, a great one. You know, we talked about that a lot at the time. Nathaniel Wood had a good darts as well against Johnny Eduardo. Uh, there was a couple there. Vinny Magalesh had a flying triangle as well. Paddy Pimblett had a f- flying triangle as well. But I, that was kind of a... It was a flying triangle and then there was like a minute and a half on the ground. So I think if, if he had just flying triangled yeah. him, I think it would have been probably closer to the top of the list. But uh, yeah... I think a flying triangle is rare, but it's not as rare as well, I think. Yeah, that's true as well. That is true. But yeah, fair play to uh, Zabit anyway. He deserves that. And uh, one of my bold predictions for the year is that he's going to be champion. So we, we, we'll see about that one. Um, knockout of the year. There was there was a good few contenders in this. Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens was the one I was kind of thinking about although it was another one like Paddy Pimblett you know, he kind of knocked him down with a with the body shot and, and then finished him uh, again after that Marlon Moraes and Jimmy Rivera as well that unreal knockout Anthony Smith against uh, against Rashad Evans and we had Ricky Bendesh and James Ban- um, Gallagher even as well and Aaron Pico had a, had a really good Lewis. one as well yeah Derek Lewis is one on um, on uh, what's his name uh, Jesus what's his name Volkov, there you go. Yeah, Volkov. Uh, Brian Ortega and Brian Tegg and Frank Edgar as well was another one. That was yeah, that was. Maybe. But, it was um, just more the the didn't see that coming than what a knockout though. Yeah, uh, but like I think the IR Rodriguez versus the Korean Zombie, the one that that won it, it had yeah. to win it. Really. Like if that had happened in the first, you know, two minutes of the fight, we would have been talking about knockout of the year. But the fact it it happened, and this this should count as well, I think. The last second of five rounds, like the latest knockout possible in in MMA. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? But this, this is like I think you can actually argue, and you know, it's been a while now since it. But I think you can argue this is the greatest knockout in UFC history. What do you think? Ooh, hard enough. I think the front, the front kick. Yeah, Anderson, on Vitor, yeah. or Machida, Machida on no, uh, Randy. One, the, the first one, the Anderson Silva Vitor one. Yeah, that was great. All right, in fairness. There's, there's loads of them. Though. What was the one from? Uh, from the early UFCs with the shoes on, your man. Who who was it? And someone knocked out Mark Coleman, didn't they? Uh, oh, yeah. God, who was that? Was it Murray Smith? Yes, yeah, I think it was something like that. What about Gonzaga as well and on Crocop that head kick well, knockout? Yeah, and he got his leg caught underneath and broke his yeah, ankle, didn't he? Fucked he? up, yeah. Wonderboy as well and Dan Stitch, and I know it's only Dan Stitch, but that was one of the most yeah, 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 I know you love that knockout. <laughs> I love that. Terry Edom as well. Uh, Edson Barboza and Terry Edom, unbelievable kill. McGregor and Aldo as well, obviously. Actually, a funny story about that, Terry Edom. We were up at the Cage Contender Awards and we were watching the. The fights uh, uh, in the they opened up like the bar kind of because we were staying in the hotel and yeah. uh, there was some security guy who was just like watching them and he was like oh like he was he was being to me oh you're an MMA expert are you and I was like no just like from the website no he's being real like annoying yeah he's like oh what's gonna happen in this one and it was I think Paul Harris was the fight right before right after mm-hmm. Terry Adam and and he was like what's gonna happen in this one and I was like oh this guy's gonna leg lock him and he leg locked him he's like whoa fucking hell no. and he's like what's gonna happen in this one and I'm gonna kick him in the head and knock him out and. <laughs> And he, did, and he did and he's like ah oh, this isn't live and all like and he was like checking it on wikipedia and shit. <laughs> class i love when that happens i love i love sitting inside you know actually the last uh someone said it to me what was it was it the was it a bammer one of them cards anyway that we were at we were like sitting in the back row of press row and we were just like commentating on the fights <laughs> as we usually do as they're happy you probably shouldn't be doing but it was a smarter show we were sitting in the back row there and some fella like i was i, I was i don't i'm not sure exactly sure what his name was but he's a new kind of fella that, um Covering them, man. He was like, he was like having my own commentary team sitting behind me. We were just calling everything that was going to happen and all during the fight. So we're we're the two of us. I think are very bad for doing that. If you sit around us during the fight, anyway, you get commentary. So it's, uh, it's good. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone's around the Bellator uh, next couple of weeks, you can uh, you can listen to us commentating a few points. Um, 
yeah, so that was that one, Knockout of the Year. Female Fighter of the Year, uh, this was obviously I sent off the uh, the award voting um, before UFC, what was it, 2223, 232, whatever it was, the one with, with Cyborg and Nunes, and everyone kind of put in their votes and they were like thinking about it, and then I, I like mailed everyone back and everyone was like, no, Nunes, Nunes has to win it. So this was, this was one that was taken late, and you know, when you beat the greatest fighter of all time, and knock her out in the first round and become the greatest fighter of all time yourself, you really have to yeah. win fighter of the year. So I even said it, I said it to you, like even if I said it to you before the fight, I was like ringing you, I was like, oh, who should I go for? I, I'm thinking of Nunes, but I was like, oh, sure, if she beats Cyborg, then, then it's Nunes. But mm-hmm. yeah, when she knocks her out in the first round, it's definitely, definitely yeah, Nunes. Yeah, there was, look, uh, there was a lot of people actually in for this. Tatiana Suarez had an unbelievable year. She looked really, really great. Uh, Jessica Andrade as well looked really great. She had Shinko going down, winning the 125-pound belt, beating Yin Jae. Yeah, she looked really good this year as well, yeah. Uh, Alima McFarland as well. Uh, Rosanam Yunus had one win. Nina Antroff as well, someone I put in there. Uh, I thought she looked absolutely phenomenal uh, a couple of weeks ago, so yeah. she could have... none of them are compared to Amanda Nunes. No, though. definitely not, definitely not. Great year for Amanda Nunes and uh, fair play to her. Uh, underdog of the year. There was a lot of people in for this, wasn't maybe one that there was a, there was a standout one but we went for Shogun Hua won this you know he came back against Tyson Pedro won that did, did unbelievably well in that you know we Derek Lewis as well he probably would have won it if he didn't fight Daniel Cormier uh, Henry Cejudo obviously another one Alex Hernandez Diego Sanchez uh, Ricky Bandejas was another one nominated here but um, yeah it, was, it wasn't one that stood out there but I think Shogun yeah. was a well, it's kind of it's kind of hard not to have a soft spot for some of these kind of old yeah. Pride and UFC veteran guys like that you've been watching for so many years, and when it's a real close one like that, I think maybe that kind of bias <laughs> puts mm. it over the edge. That's true. Let's be honest. That is true as well. Uh, the emerging worldwide prospect of the year, Israel Adesanya, won that. We were kind of talking about before I sent out the the um, the the, the uh, nominations about this. Like Israel is Israel Adesanya a worldwide prospect, and I suppose he is looking at his record. You know, he's only fought four times in the UFC, and all happened last year. So I think you can still call someone like that a prospect. And you know, we're talking about the year, so he definitely entered the year as a prospect. So I think that's fair enough to call him a prospect. And I think he's he's probably the obvious one here. You know, the, the likes of Peter Yan as well was one who's very close uh, for me. AJ McKee uh, is is definitely another one. Arm Pico is definitely another one. Nazrat Hakprasat, uh, Alex Hernandez, Zabit is probably sitting there. Jack Shore, uh, Gary Tone, and Cortis Melinder, uh, Ariana Lipsky as well from KSW. You know, a lot of a lot of good emerging talent this year, and I suppose Adesanya it, it has probably reached the furthest in the year, though. But like looking at all those names there, um, a lot of them in, in Bellator as well, like the likes of AJ McKee and uh, and Aaron Pico as well. It's it's really you know I, I tweeted this out a while back, but the the upcoming the up and coming prospects like they're kind of more spread out than they've ever been, aren't they? Like and maybe not you know spread out you know a couple of them could be in Cage Warriors and Legacy and stuff a few years back, and you know they were going to the UFC, but now you know KSW have some, you know Bellator have some, one championship have some, and, and other places as well. It's it's kind of an exciting time for those good people coming through, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but Adesanya is just like the level of competition. Yeah. That he's that he's fought is it's been steadily increasing and I think it was a Brad Tavares fight where we were like oh like you know he's not a big name but he's an awkward matchup and he just went through him and just every time you just like there's been questions more questions and he's been answering them like really really impressively so uh, there's been some good prospects but I think he's he's he does he deserves this and I, I think he's kind of a no-brainer for this one mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. Uh, and in the irish pro fighter uh, of the year mm, this one's definitely not a no-brainer no <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a really hard one like norman park won it and i, I put it up on on the uh the podcast page and someone was like oh this is a joke he shouldn't have won it and i was like okay who should have won it and he was like i don't know <laughs> Just like, what, it was what <laughs> yeah, it's like. Like, it's like, well i was looking at it i was like jesus who am i gonna pick here yeah I, I, like i think it was either norman uh for Crosby or Keane Cowley I think was one thing but all of those three went went three and all um you know it was it was definitely a tough one I suppose you know Norman had a fight over in Bravery fighting KSW against two pretty good guys uh, as well Kiefer Crosby had, Crosby had one unbelievable war and I suppose again, for Kiefer his second fight nobody was able to see it because it was in Bellator so maybe that kind of you know Kiefer could have had a great performance in that no one was able to see it so it kind of maybe took away from him and then obviously he went well, down it, was, it, was, it, yeah. it appeared on tape delay at one stage during the broadcast when it, it wasn't it was meant to be on at one time and then it was, wasn't and then I switched on to try and watch. Uh, I think it was the Ion Pascu. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get the stream going, and mm-hmm. uh, see when Pascu's on because I think it was Pascu because the 
the Kiefer fight was in the wrong order, so I was like, this might be in the wrong order too. Mm-hmm. And then I turned it on, it was like the last round of the Kiefer fight. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah take nothing away from Norman Park, though. You know, he he two good wins after, you know, uh, we talked to Norman pa- about Norman Park a few times, you know, about when you get released from the UFC, it's always hard to kind of keep it going. He's, I think he's only lost maybe one fight since that or something, and he, he drew with Paul Redmond uh, yeah. as well. I so, think his know, biggest problem has been making the, the weight since, yeah. he, since he left the UFC. That's true, as well, 100%. But, you know, you had the likes of Decky Malkaline as well. I believe he two, won uh, two fights and lost none this year as well. Uh, Reese McKee was was 2-1, and one, uh, and, you know, Darren O'Garman, Blaine O'Driscoll, I think, actually got a vote as well. So, uh, he, you know, he had a good year uh, as well. So uh, And the emerging prospect of the year in Ireland as well, we talked about Kiefer Crosby there, he won it, and, you know, he's going to be fighting as well coming up here in a couple of weeks' time. So that was uh, that was pretty good for him. Uh, Irish Amateur Fighter of the Year, Din, was won by Lee Hammond. This was this was another tough one to pick, wasn't it? You know, you'd likes of Ian Gary as well, who PC me PC put me onto there a, a couple of months ago. He looks really, really good now. He won five and one this year. Just looks absolutely excellent. Jar Harris as well has looked really good this year. Dee Begley won our female fighter of the year as well, but she was up for uh, amateur fighter of the year. Alex O'Sullivan was up for that as well. Adam Darby, uh, Rory Lavery, and a few more as well. Dara Kelly have been five and zero oh as well this year. Ryan Spillane as well from from down in Cork. So it was, it was a good year for Irish amateur MMA, especially when the the World Championships are on and they get yeah. A lot of these people get lots of fights. It's a great thing for them. And obviously, we did a podcast about this a couple of weeks ago, so we won't go into it too much. But it looks like a good time for the amateurs coming through, even if there isn't that many amateur shows, isn't it? Yeah, there's definitely. We, we talked about it a lot. There's definitely a lot of amateur talent there. It's just getting them fights. And when they when the IMMAF World Championships comes around, they get fights and they get fights quick, as you mentioned. They get a lot of fights in a short period. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's good for their growth and like. I think you were talking about it on a recent podcast. Lee Hammond talking about being no rush to go to go pro. Yeah, and I think I think that that's good. Uh, like you, you can lose an amateur, you can learn an amateur. Nobody's gonna look at your amateur record and see like, oh, this guy lost to this guy at amateur. They're just gonna look at your pro record. Um, so like a young guy like Lee, okay, it's great. It's better to make money to be to fight, but. How much money are you actually going to get for your first few pro fights anyway? Yeah, probably not that much. So, I think it's a smart decision as long as you you can keep the the lights on in the house mm-hmm. without turning pro. Yeah, and I suppose obviously we're kind of going to to next year. You know, I mentioned uh, D. Begley there winning female fighter of the year and Kiefer winning the prospect of the year. You know, there's a big card coming up here in a mm. couple of weeks for, for Bellator and you know obviously we'll be talking about that a lot we probably don't have t- much time to talk about it today but uh, you know it's what seven weeks out I think Peter Quilly I saw a tweet from him there so that's that's a big night for Irish MMA you know John Gal- uh, John Gallagher John Kavanaugh calling it the, the second biggest night for MMA people saying it's going to be a sellout I don't know how true either those two things are but I suppose that's a, that's it a, depends how they set it up yeah. like if they set it up for the full arena I highly highly it won't, no. it, will it, it even sell out the other way though like if, it, if they put four or five thousand there's been a few disappointing out, turnouts there I like I hope beyond hope that I, I love there was nine thousand there but I'd be very surprised if that sold out like the four and a half thousand or whatever it is for the, yeah. for the smaller if they fight. put some Polish fighters on the card as I mentioned before yeah. the KSW show was was taken over by the Polish community mm-hmm um so yeah out of polish MMA community sorry and uh um it'd be a smart move for Bellator to do that and i think if they did do that and put some some good prospects that the polish community are invested in polish MMA community are invested in maybe that we don't really know about know about as much as they do but if they put some somebody with with interest then I don't see why they couldn't sell the four and a half or whatever, four or five thousand, whatever it is. Yeah, I, like I really think as well it'd benefit them to put like a really good uh, kind of Bellator caliber fight in it. And I, you know what I mean? I mean like American fighters or, you know, European fighter people like Crocop and Ryan Nelson. I saw that was announced like they, that could easily be in the comment. What about like, here. you know, when they try to do Lee McGeary and Chris Fields, they did something like that. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that'd be a really good fight. Like, I, I think that'd be good. But I, I think you need, I like Liam McGeary's good name. But I like there's a lot of people. That I think people maybe don't understand that. There's, it's not just MMA fans in Ireland. Like people who go to you know Cage Legacy or went to the Helix back in the day or go to the Bama cards or whatever. There's actually just UFC fans as well. And I think there's probably actually more just UFC fans in Ireland. Like if you put a Ryan Nelson yeah. on the card or a Vincent so Henderson you, you, on the you card, you were like you were like that for yeah. a lot of years, weren't you? Yeah, they're like if, if I was probably a fan today and I wasn't covering this world, I'd probably you know still be like that. I was like, oh, there's a few Irish fighters fighting. I want to see, you know, the Irish guys. But, you know, I might go. I might not. James Gatter, who's he actually fighting in the main event? I don't really know. You know, it's it doesn't look like the best card in the world at the moment. It looked like a good card for you and me. But if you're just like a UFC fan, 
and you're thinking, ah, oh, maybe not. Put the in they put, you know, Ryan Nelson on it, or they put Matt Mitrion on it, or, or someone like that. You're thinking, ah, oh, fuck it, yeah, this is good, high quality. Matt, I want Matt to see Trion, this. you mean? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I, I really think, I really think these organisations, Bellator and, and other organisations, they miss a trick by doing that. You know, even even someone like a King Mo before, and I know they did it with, with the other shows, but I haven't seen it yet on this one, and maybe we will see it yet, and I hope we do. But I suppose that is uh, that's a chat for another day. As I said, like ten minutes ago when we started talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> Coach of the year was was Javier Mendez. I think I think that was really a no brainer. I don't think there was really yeah. anyone. Yeah, th- Cormier, Habib. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to, like Conan Silveri is always a Silvera even is is always a guy with with ATT who, who I, I think about as well. Mike Brown with ATT as well. They had an unbelievable week there a couple of weeks ago as well. So he's definitely in the mix as well. I think Mark Henry had a good year. I give him a bit of stick, but but definitely had a good year. You hate Mark Henry. Let's be honest. Uh, I, I think he's a good. <laughs> I think he's a good coach, but he's not the best corner man. Uh, upset of the year. This one I didn't. I didn't vote for this one. I'm not going to lie. But the the other um, voters in this gave it to. Um, to uh, Darren Till against Wonderboy Thompson and it's unusual that I wouldn't vote for that as everyone knows I'm a Wonderboy stan but he, he won that here um, oh no sorry that that was uh, Robert Adier sorry yeah Robert Adier he won that I, I thought it should have been um, Henry Cejudo versus Demetrius Johnson that was the one that won uh, upset of the year and I suppose that was was it really an upset of the year when he didn't re- really win it um, uh, I'm not yeah, sure I'd have but to go back and watch it but I didn't think it was I didn't think it was uh, as bad as you as you seem to think it was yeah. the decision um, I I thought all the rounds were extremely close in in both in both of these fights. The Wonder Boy, not extremely close, but they were close enough to get them wrong. You know, there wasn't a wasn't an actual robbery. I don't think mm-hmm. in kind of old old like years back terms of robberies where the, every card or every second card there'd be a, a fight somewhere in the card where you're just like, what are the judges watching there? I think the level of robbery has actually changed now. I don't think there's any yeah, like Diego Sanchez saying, yeah, robberies yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the level of robbery or the the level of incompetence it takes for, cause like the level of incompetence in some of the, in some of the fights maybe four years ago, some of the decisions is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like you just like what are you actually watching? Like half of Diego Sanchez's fights, for example, like, um, like just guys punching air, getting decisions like Frankie Edgar and. Uh, you know, <laughs> at least, at <laughs> least it's Garcia, you this time. Leonard, Leonard Garcia and like these guys getting decisions, like you know, it's ridiculous. You kind, uh, kind of forget as well that you're the one who used to hate Frank Edgar, and then it took over. I don't hate Frank Edgar. I actually I always enjoyed watching Frank Edgar fight. I just never, I just just loving and talking about him being like the goat for a while, and it was just ludicrous. Like. Mm-hmm. It actually is. It is in fairness. Uh, there was a few more. People um, were like, he was 55 charm, but they were like, oh, he could win the 45 belt and the 35 belt if he wanted. It's like, oh, I don't think he can. Like, what are you talking about? Mm. Like, how Aldo's there, like, you know. Yeah. He's had eight title fights and only won three. So, fair play to Frankie. And did he actually win so. those three? I don't think so. He, pro- he actually probably won more of the ones he didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> than the ones he, Aldo, maybe not. Well, yeah. He beat uh, who did he beat? He beat BJ twice, and then twice. he beat. Uh, he didn't actually beat him the first time though. Really, he just celebrated better. Yeah, he beat Graham. <laughs> um, other ones up for the upset of the year: Brian Ortega against Frank Edgar. Now that we talk about him, and I, that was that was definitely one up there as well. Darren Elkins against Michael Johnson. Uh, Alex Hernandez against Benil Dariush was a pretty good one as well. And obviously, Ricky Bendejas mm-hmm. over over James Gallagher. Uh, comeback of the year was really the I think the only one here apart from maybe fighter of the year that this was. This was hundred uh, percent obviously Derek Lewis versus Alexander Gol- um, Volkov. Even he, Volkov, yeah, yeah, he just he just came back and destroyed him in the end after getting getting smashed up. You know, we had Shogun coming oh. back against Tyson Pedro as well. Uh, Yair Rodriguez. That was, I don't know was that a really a comeback, but I think it was on the, on the judges' cards. Tony Ferguson against Anthony Pettis. That's kind of just how those fights go. Mason Jones as well from Cage Warriors was a really good comeback and, and a few more as well. But what, what about what about Chuck Liddell's much longer way to come back? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's like one that you could actually argue for comeback of the year but not in like best comeback of the year uh, you could actually yeah. argue like dumbest comeback worst of the year worst comeback of the century yeah worst comeback of the year and speaking of worst fight of the year is our next category and what won that with Chuck Liddell versus uh, versus Tito Ortiz uh, that, I think that was the, the obvious one there Mike Jackson versus uh, CM Punk was up for that as well Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis which a lot well, of because, people because because uh, CM Punk and Mike Jackson was just so odd mm-hmm. it, it just like it was so odd like Mike Jackson was like looking in the wrong, wrong direction beating him up and stuff it was mm-hmm. just like so odd it was kind of better <laughs> than just it wasn't sad like the 
they chucked it in Alphine. I think Valentina Shashinka versus uh, Priscilla Coachea as well was definitely one that should have been up there. That was just such a mismatch and such, like, it was hard to Can we just not watch. give it to Sydney and Dendois every, every yeah, year? Yeah, every just, year. <laughs> that's one that lasts for the ages, like, you know. It really is. We should, yeah, <laughs> we should just get a time machine and put that fight every year so we can win. Yeah. Uh, I can't get out of my mind. Was that 10 years ago? Like, seems like... 100%. Uh, underperformer dear went to went to James Goddard. This was one that went to our in, in between, in, in the Independent arbitrator, even who he who he can't name because he didn't want to be named. But anyway, he, I'm, I can assure you, <laughs> sounds so sounds so weird. Like. Does sound so weird, but we all it's, you're different never going to guess who it is. No, you're never going to guess. But he he is independent, isn't he? It's not just me saying it. Lisa S. No, sorry, that's too obvious. <laughs> L Simpson. L Simpson. That's it. Yeah. Uh, uh, James Gallagher. I voted for Volkan Ozdemir here. I thought Ozdemir was. Mm. I, I can't I, remember who I voted for. Actually, who did I vote for? Uh, who did you vote for? Hmm, I can't remember. Did you vote for Hinnemburau? Hinnemburau was another one of Francis and Gano. I think you voted for Francis, actually. He went one and two. Oh, I did. Um, I did, yeah. Just because uh, of his... Oh, yeah, I did, because it was the, the worst performance ever. <laughs> it was such a bad it was such a bad performance from a, from a guy who's meant to be good at what he was not doing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Carla Sparza was up for it there as well. Conor McGregor, obviously, having one fight and getting beaten. Uh, Tyson Pedro, one and two, was another one up for Jimmy Manor as well. As kind of, I was a guy who was nearly up for this with Hinnemburau as well. Uh, but James got hurt. Yeah, it was a tough year for James. Obviously, been injured a lot, just, just losing once. Uh, but obviously, you know, we talked about the Bellator card coming up, so he looked to to bounce back here again. Hopefully, it's a it's a better year for him in in twenty uh, in twenty nineteen. Worst decision year. We just talked about that. Um, non UFC fighter of the year went to Ryan Bader, but this was another one. There could have been a lot of winners here. You know, um, with a lot of good fighters over one FC as as well. Joshua Pico and a few more. Um, Fedor obviously was up for it. Jack Shore over in Cage Warriors. Gamrat over in. Um, over in KSW as well, Soren back. Um, Pitbull was up for it. AJ McKee, Jack Shore, Michael Chandler, but but Ryan Bader. This was probably the toughest one out of all of them, maybe to win. There was a lot of standout fighters, but uh, yeah, I think I think Ryan Bader deserved it. Who did who did you vote for? Did you vote for? I was just trying to think that. Yeah, I think you voted for AJ McKee. I'm pretty sure you did. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. He had a very good year yeah. as well. So, yeah, no, good year, good year all around for Belfort. If they could just be on TV, if we could, if we could just, uh, if we could just <laughs> every watch time, yeah. you can't help yourself. You can. uh, if into the year was UFC two two nine, obviously it had that, that Derek Lewis Volkov fight we were talking about. It had yeah. Anthony Pettis uh, against uh, uh, the other Anthony Tony Ferguson, which was up for our fighter fight of the year. We had Conor McGregor versus um, versus Habib Nurmagomedov, which that was a you know it was a pretty edge of the seat sort of fight mad fight as well wasn't it just because of the build up and everything like that so definitely event of the year for me uh, that one as well and uh, a shocking moment of the year was and also you had, uh, you had Khabib the versus Dylan Dennis afterwards and you did as well yeah <laughs> I got a two for one it was a gauntlet match there as well so, yeah, you got dude. McGregor versus some guys can't remember their names the yeah, it was actually funny I was listening to a podcast there the other day Chris Jericho you know, the wrestler with Jim Carnett who used to be like Vince McMahon's right hand man and all and he was talking about like you know storylines and stuff and he was talking about McGregor and Habib and he was like it was the best storyline ever you know you you had the attack beforehand then you had the fight then you had one of the fighters attacking the manager outside then you had the managers or the other guy coming in and attacking the other fighter in the octa. He's like, this is the perfect pro wrestling storyline, and they didn't even have to make it up. It's like, yeah, it's true actually. Like, if, like the WWE can't do something as good as that anymore. Like, it was just, yeah. and, and I'm saying good as in Maybe. like storyline wise, but it was just, yeah. it was mad. Obviously, like, and it definitely, it's definitely the most memorable event of the year. Anyway, it was obviously a dark night for fucking MMA and stuff. Shit like that should be happening, especially like you can understand Habib jumping out of the octagon and stuff. You know, you lose your head. Fair enough. You know, I think Dylan Dennis and John Cavill and stuff, if that had just happened, that no one re- really would have given a shit, you know. But it was the stuff afterwards where he, the, the guy jumped into the cage and attacked McGregor and all. That was that was horrific and all. And, you know, we obviously talked about it a lot. But, uh, yeah, coming into next year as well, that's going to obviously be a big talking point as well with the, the whole arbitration thing coming up or whatever you want to call it. Like it's, I think Kangaroo it's, course. Yeah, I think yeah. it's an absolute joke that Conor McGregor's up there. Like, he did absolutely nothing, only defend himself. Like, yeah, what are you supposed to do? Just let guys just, like... Beat you up, like it's retarded that he even has to like they could just look at the footage and say, Yeah, just for, you can fight whenever you want. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. All like, it's it's but well, they so see stupid, they like. see big, big, big money in the fight purses and they, they think we can get a percentage. Of this. Mm-hmm. They've always been about that, let's be yeah, honest. That's true. I, like, I, I think and well, having their moment to shine as well. Like, at least Pat Lumval's gone now, but mm-hmm. crazy people like Pat Lumval trying to ban people for life for not even failing a test yeah. conclusively. 
Yeah, like I, I really think those those lads who attacked McGregor afterwards should get a lifetime ban in Nevada and like a two year ban or whatever everywhere else in, in the United States. And Habib, like Habib, a lifetime ban is a bit much. In Nevada, it? though, I think in Nevada itself, I think they should never be allowed to fight in Nevada if they want to. Like not not everywhere, but in Nevada, I think that'd be fair. Like I think the but that's you, that's you, it's the place where they make the most money because of taxes. Yeah, but let them fight somewhere else. You know, like give them give them mm. a, a ban all over somewhere else. But maybe they, maybe just give me a year, or two years or whatever. But like Habib. I don't think Khabib needs, uh, you know, I think I said at the time four months, six months or something like that. I think that'd be fair. You know, the, the six months up in what, like two months time as well. So I wouldn't, wouldn't affect him too much. I think that's fair for Habib, but the other boy guys need to get a, a longer thing, I think. But there you yeah. go. Anyway, and that uh, shocking moment here, obviously, as well, was was McGregor attacking the bus. Uh, Habib jumping out the cage was another one up for that. Yair and, and Green Zombie and Vin Askren, um, Demetrius Johnson trade was another one up for that as well. I think that's actually what you voted for, was it, or something like Because it was, it was something no, maybe. No, I went to bus. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. But uh, it was someone voted for that anyway. I think it was it was kind of one that we'd never really expected happening. So it was it was an interesting one. And commentator the year then was Paul Felder. So fair play to yeah. Paul Felder. I think uh, he, I think, I that think was it was unanimous uh, as well. Yeah. I think like Dominic Cruz is still my favorite commentator, but I think Paul Felder's done so well in the little time and taken to it so quickly that he deserved to win it. Even though like because it's not like you can kind of take commentator of the year in a couple of ways. You know, mm-hmm. if you're just going purely who's the best commentator, it's not doesn't the question actually isn't that like you can take a couple of other things into into account like just kind of improving steadily and doing he does the he does the interviews in the in the cage as well really well i think so that's another plus point and i think i think yeah i think he's just been a real natural at it yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. uh before we get to these predictions i asked people for uh over on twitter a couple of things to clean up jimmy smith is gone from from the ufc like, yeah it's uh, strange isn't it uh, it's not Didn't really I don't use think, him i don't think it's strange like i think I think Jimmy Smith is really good, and I, if I was in charge of UFC, I probably would have kept him. But we you know, we just talked about there. They have Paul Felder. They have Cormier, who I think is improving. I don't, he's not my favorite in the world, but they they love oh, him. Cormier is annoying. They have Bisping coming in now, who's done a very good job in the Dana White series. They have uh, you know Cruz and Felder. I don't know which one I said before, but they ha- like to have three or four very good guys there. Like, do they really need Jimmy Smith? I'm not sure. They don't they really need do. him, but but. I don't know. He's like, is he that expensive? Like you know, they didn't really give him much of a much of a run. Like you know, he, he didn't really have a chance to develop any chemistry. Like a, the reason Paul Feller or Paul Feller's done so well, and the reason he I voted for him was how quickly he talked to it. Even even like mo- most of the commentators, like mm-hmm. if you go back and listen to Rogan commentate, but when he started, That's he was true, terrible. I think the nail in the coffin for I know Jimmy, Jimmy Smith, Smith commentator for Bellator before, but he, he, he had a good relationship with Wheelock and Sean yeah, Wheelock, and then yeah, they brought yeah. in some other Sean guy who was terrible and Awful. it wasn't his fault. But uh, he also picked a fight with you, it was very funny. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was hilarious. And then deleted what was his name, Sean Grand or something. Sean Grand, Battle yeah. of Sean's. Remember that? That was hilarious. Like, he couldn't say Galler, and I told him not remember to say he, Remember, he like started deleting the tweets yeah. where he was wrong in them yeah. and all, and just I mean, leaving the ones where like it didn't make sense yeah. then because like he deleted half the tweets. Like, it's remember so weird. he said he went up to James Gallagher and yeah, he's like, I asked the man, yeah. he told me, he told me that's how he wants to pronounce his name. What do you want me to do about it? I'm like, I'm like, mate, like, uh, like <laughs> it's definitely not his name. Like, what I, are you I sent him two videos with James Gallagher saying his name, and then you had him yeah. on uh, an interview and you asked him how to say his name, and he said it. that was the funniest interview of all time, actually. Here, James, uh, how'd you say your second name? It's like Gallagher, it's it's Gallagher, but uh, yeah, that was that was hilarious. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, Jimmy Smith, yeah, I just I, I think he's he's dispensable really for them, unfortunately. I think he's really good, and I think Bellator should maybe pick him up again, one FC or something like that. You know, they're going to be on um, on an American app or TV channel or whatever it is and uh, I think he'd, they'd probably be wise to pick him up so uh, you know fair play to him anyway looking forward to hearing Bisping as well see but uh, as I was just saying the nail in the coffin for him I think was when he did the pay-per-view with Joe Rogan and that was terrible it was probably the worst commentary team of the year I think and I was like maybe they're looking for him to take over Joe Rogan's role or have him with Joe Rogan for a while and it just didn't work at all and I think that was from that moment he was he was kind of gone we have, actually haven't seen him much since that so I think it, it probably was that um one, one last thing to clear up here before we get to the, the predictions and stuff. Floyd Mayweather versus Tinchin. Was it a work? Was it real? What do you think? Mm, it's very strange. Um, the first knockdown, was it? It was very strange, wasn't it? There was, uh, did you see the, the whole fight or did you see up, the clip? I just saw the whole, yeah, the whole fight. I don't know. I, I To me, it didn't, watching it live, it didn't look like that at all. And then everyone started saying, I was like, what are they talking about? And then there was like this clip that came out. 
of your man getting knocked down by a right hand that didn't land. I was like, yeah, but he landed the left hook just before. Like, Tim, this looked like a 20-year-old kickboxer, as Grabaka Hitman said, a 20-year-old kickboxer against a 40-year-old 50-and-all boxer. Like, that's what it was. The people forget that. Like, he's, he's obviously going to be nervous. He's obviously going to take a shot that he never in a boxing coming. In a boxing bout as well, basically. Yeah, it, it was 100% a boxing bout. Like, what I think happened in this... And I, I, all right. What I think happened in this, right? This was, and even if it was a work, it was supposed to be a fucking work. It was an exhibition. This is not going to record. This is not a real fight. This is not a sanctioned fight. Even if it was a work, there's nothing wrong with that. It was basically a pro wrestling fight. But what I think what happened was no. There is something wrong with that because they're, they're selling it as a no, real contest. They sold it, sold it as an exhibition, literally as an exhibition. Mm, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, they, like you have exhibitions that's kind of like. Not going on the records, but it, you don't think it's going to be pro wrestling where the, the it's predetermined. Yeah, but like when Gegard Mousasi had an exhibition with Fedor, it was made clear that it was it was like set up mm-hmm. beforehand. I don't think and it was no problem. I think you can have an exhibition where it's not set up. I think like Floyd said beforehand, he planned to just kind of dance around the ring with him for three rounds and show people what it's about. Like I think he planned that. He planned for this to go to three rounds and just for it, you know, to be a draw or whatever, and that's it. But what happened was. Tinchin threw a big left hand at the very start of that fight, like 30 seconds in. And Floyd was like, okay, you know, Patrick sent me a story about, I think it was Carlos Conde did like a video with, with some American troops or something, and they were like sparring, and he said to him, you hit me, I'll hit you only as hard as you hit me. And I think that was Floyd's thing. He was like, okay, this guy wants to go 100%, I'll go 100% as well, and just beat him out of there. He was like, okay, I, I'll do an exhibition. Well, he had no, I think he had no, like... He knew he, he was he was picked for a reason. He's tiny. He, mm-hmm. he Floyd knew he had nothing for him. He blatant disregard for his striking the whole the whole fight. Like he just he knew it was just whatever he wanted to do, and that's what he did. Yeah, and I, as well, I think a defining voice in this is actually do you know Tom Lawler, who used to fight in the UFC. He's one of the best independent wrestlers now in America as well. So if there's anyone in the world that knows the difference between a fixed fight and a real fight, it's him. You know, or a Brock Lesnar or a Ronda Rousey or someone like that. And he said, there's no way in the world this is fixed. Dave Meltzer was over there. He was backstage. He saw him crying. Uh, I think it's very naive to say this. Something's no way in the world. Is, yeah, it definitely wasn't. Not, like, it was not. Like, I've watched so many real fights. Any so fight, many though. Any, any fight. Like, there's always, there's always no, that slim possibility of, in any hole. fight. Not a whole. Like, and someone tweeted me, oh, but Brendan Schaub and Robin Black said it was, wasn't, it was fixed. I was like, oh, my God. That's that's what we're is that what we're going after? Like, come on, these guys who like they want to do, they just want they don't want to tell you the truth. Like, they they want to sell their podcast. They want to you know oh yeah God Almighty, just that was the nine shit. But anyway, um, my boy Kyoji Haraguchi got a good uh, submission as well over Darian Caldwell. So fair play to him, and they're going to be yeah. Fighting it didn't even year. look like the the guillotine. It didn't even like when you're watching. You said it was a fix. It. Is that what you're saying? No, it just it didn't look like it, it was going to be a, a finish there. Like I don't know, it just looked kind of as if he wasn't he wasn't squeezing. But obviously, it was it must have just been around the neck, or I don't know. It, like I'm not saying it was a fix or anything. Like I'm not saying it wasn't a fix either. I don't know, but yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't think it was. But you never know, mm-hmm. as I was saying earlier. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, Haraguchi obviously a uh, really good fighter. He fought in the UFC. Uh, Beat the piss out of Neil Siri, which is obviously a plus. Yeah, plus yeah, the time that toe rag got a, mm-hmm. got a uh, dressing down. Yeah, I remember so, actually. Yeah, I, I was on a I was on a podcast with Balls at IE before that, talking about the fight, and they like wrote an article on something nice about about Neil Siri. I was like, Jesus, that's a bit weird, lads. What do you do? Neil Siri can beat Kyoji Haraguchi, Sean Sheen. I was like, what? I never did. I say that, and then they went back and listened. I was like, if everything goes right, and you know, he lands that one big shot and comes at him, he you know maybe he can knock him up. But I'm definitely picking Haraguchi. I was like, what? Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, let's go to some of these ball predictions. If you want to read my ball predictions, they're on the front page, severemay.com. Now uh, check them out. Um, Patrick Sheen Balls that I eat And clickbait Shocker <laughs> Exactly Exactly uh, we, we go over true and false For a load of these We'll try to run through As many of these we can In the next five false, minutes False 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 uh, Chris Heiberg leaves uh, 145 women's gone uh, If if Chris Heiberg leaves Women's 145 pounds Is the division gone I basically I think is what he's saying uh, There is no division anyway So uh, True uh, <sighs> There probably will be 45 fights either way, but the division won't be made into a proper division. So sure. it depends what you classify a division as. Uh, Darren Mulryan. Holloway ends 2019 without a belt. That could happen if he goes up to lightweight and loses to Habib. Mm. I, I'm going to say false, but... 
just trying to think who we could lose to. Mm, it's unlikely. Um, yeah, he'd have to go to fifty-five, and I think he'll stay at forty-five a little longer. So I think, I think he, I think he'll have a belt at the end of the year. But it could easily be false. It could mm. easily be true as well. But I'll go false. Figor Farrell says the UFC will be sold. I don't know. Not yet. I say I don't think false. in the next year, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Frankie Edgar out wrestles Holloway and wins the belt. False. Uh, <laughs> Curtis Melinda knocks oh. out Wonderboy in 2019 I could see that happening but I don't know will Wonderboy take that fight I'd be very surprised no, I think false. Curtis Melinda is very good I think false as well Johnny Bones Jones passes all his drug tests from Mad Samurai oh even if he doesn't mm. even if he doesn't he probably will pass him you know? how will we ever know <laughs> how will we ever know he probably won't because he even said himself Trina Ball could be in his uh, or or Trina Ball even could be in his um yeah, in his system forever. Uh, Tim B, uh, an active UFC fighter that works as a commentator, will lose that job for failing a drugs test in 2019. Oh, so he's saying False. either Paul Felder, Dominic Cruz, or Daniel Cormier will fail the drugs test, basically. I don't think any False. of them will. No, I think False. And, and even if they did, they probably wouldn't lose the job. Like. Yeah. Uh, Nunes to fight Shevchenko again to make one champ champ from Isol Cody. Um, mm. No, False. I don't think that happens again. Mm, not this year don't champ think. champ champ um, McGregor appears in Wrestlemania main event um, from Jim Daw false why McGregor appears in pro wrestling main event yeah false Becky Lynch is going to be up there with Ronda Rousey well maybe how not do, the how, event, do, but... how do the WWE or pe- keep tricking people into thinking he's going to turn up at all these events it's ridiculous I don't know why wouldn't he like if they give him I was getting messages million. before like where, where's McGregor today like in WrestleMania a couple <laughs> years ago whatever from everybody I'm like what the fuck are people talking about you should just tell him like next year or every like oh he's in Jacksonville and then um, McGregor even started playing into it he wasn't even getting messages himself he was like I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm at home in with me ma or yeah. something or in me gaff or yeah. something uh, and then the next one was like or am I yeah <laughs> remember one time as well like one Wrestlemania he like followed Triple H that day or something as well. yeah and like <laughs> Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon just like all the the, the brass of the company uh, you have to you have to admire that um, if Zombie Prophet <laughs> ESPN's first UFC show UFC show won't do half what Fox's first did oh definitely not no not a hope that, nowhere that was one near it won't even do a quarter no I won't but it might do about what did it do the first time? Nine point something was it? Something like that. Was it ten million or was it seven million or something? It probably won't. I think it was nine. Around nine, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's um, interesting to see. That, that was a heavyweight championship in the world, though. That was Ken. I say be more like a quarter, a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Depends on who they put in the card, though. They, they depends on what the deal says, and maybe they, maybe they will try and make a big splash, like the first one that they did with the heavyweight championship on Fox. So, yeah. you never know. But I don't see it doing half. Uh, Emma McLean's prediction for the year is my favourite one uh, Diaz versus McGregor 3 happens at the Aviva for £165 title Nick goes on the lash in Dublin for two weeks declaring to TMZ that he's now an honorary, honorary Irishman and calls out George Pierre. I love that I hope that does happen but <laughs> false. Uh, false. best fight picks which is 20 li- 28 likes here so we'll, we'll see uh, how you think of this one Graham Conor McGregor won't win another UFC fight this is for 2019. He, he definitely couldn't, you know, well, he definitely couldn't. What That doesn't make sense. He definitely may not win a fight in 2019. Like, let's say if he fights Habib again, which he's probably unlikely to win that. Will he have another fight in 2019? Maybe not. So I think that's... Or I think he will win a fight in 2019. Maybe. I think he will as well. I think he'll fight twice. and he'll, I think he'll win at least one, but... Uh, I wouldn't Depends what happens with these maniac kangaroo court people mm-hmm. that is at true. the commission. Yeah, that is true. Well, yeah. <laughs> you could get a lifetime ban. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who uh, knows? They're rebels without a cause. Connor from MMA antagonist. Connor becomes UFC lightweight champion without beating Habib. I suppose that plays into just what you were saying there. Maybe Habib gets banned for two years and gets stripped. Uh, so he could, mm. yeah. That's not beyond the realms of possibility. A Bellator champion. Also. From Charms, a Bellator champion, Han Leprechauns, I like his nickname, uh, a Bellator champion will fight a UFC champion. Definitely false. That's not going to happen. Like in um, some kind of interpromotional thing? I think so. Well, no, no. No. Even if the, like, let's say Michael Chandler runs out of contract and he comes in, would he even get a title shot? Probably not. No, because uh, they don't want Michael Chandler coming in and winning straight away, uh, look, making Bellator's Bellator look better. I think the only one that might, maybe one, maybe Elimelea McFarland might if she came over, she probably would. Maybe Bader would. <coughs> no, no. And like Bader? Yeah. When, like, if DC no. is gone. Maybe. No. I don't know. Uh, Adesanya will beat Whitaker for the middleweight belt from the dude. I, I pre- say false. I predicted that uh, Whitaker will lose his title this year. I haven't said to who, though, but 
I just think Whitaker's looked so good recently. In, like injuries, constant injuries may may slow him down, but he's been improving so much uh, at the at the things that he that he was that were his weaknesses, and his striking is so good now. Um, I just think it'd be too uh, maybe, but I, I I don't think so. Yeah, too too early. Uh, Daniel Mannix knows uh, Dana White steps down as UFC president I, I predicted that like three years ago and it didn't happen so uh, who knows uh, Darren a champ will get popped for PDs that's one of my predictions for the year so uh, maybe Hank Smith um, Jeremy Stevens will beat Zabit I don't know about that one probably probably not I'd say I think Zabit will probably beat him but uh, we'll see if Ador knocks out Ryan Bader from Stian Berglund um, no, no, I don't think he will. Uh, Greg R. Hardy will end the year as a top. What if he? What if he guillotined them again? Maybe he could. Who Fedor? Yeah. Oh yeah, like uh, like Tito, is it? Tito, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one here. McGregor doesn't fight in two thousand nineteen. I'll go through a few more of these in the Q and A, but McGregor doesn't do that fight in two thousand nineteen. I think he probably will. He will fight. Yeah, I yeah, think so. I think well, yeah, the, the kangaroo court thing, but yeah, uh, as long as nothing crazy happens. Mm-hmm. True, true. Uh, let's run through a few questions here uh, before we go uh, what do you think could be the biggest fight of 2019 um, but what do you think will be the biggest fight I think I think Conor versus Habib will happen again uh, I think yeah, that will be the, the biggest so. yeah. uh, which UK and Irish fighters will rise the highest this year what do you think Kiefer Crosby is fighting Olinichuk who fought uh, you know, he won our emerging prospect year, but he, he, fought, he fought Richard Kiley and lost to him he fought Keen Cowley and lost to him as well which is kind of odd matchmaking you know but you know I don't know maybe not mm. who, who will be put into position to rise highest that's the thing like, rise highest what a, if like, jo- Joseph Duffy comes back and gets a few fights and wins he could get into the top 15 of the UFC you know Conor McGregor could win a UFC title if he fights again and, yeah it depends like uh, it's funny like Conor <laughs> every time because even if he loses he's in the bigger fight than anybody so. that is true that is true uh, and ID after right venue will still be available yeah a lot of people like three or four people asked from this Simon O'Keefe this one's from last one's from Dustin Hazer uh, but the right venue right venue is after closing down or something there's a change in management and that was one of the only oh, really? places in, in Dublin I think that could actually have MMA in it uh, professional in mania so that's yeah that's an interesting one not not 100 percent sure about that um nick the dane um who will johnny bones get next um anthony smith Corey anderson dc at light heavyweight or dc at heavyweight what do you think i think dc at heavyweight is, is going to happen next um, i'd say light heavyweight yeah do you, are you dc a light heavyweight that's what you think okay, yeah i think so i know dc saying he doesn't want to go there but i think Velasquez is coming back into the picture as well, so I think that might. It depends on how Velasquez fights as well, though, if he loses. Mm. Yeah. Uh, last question is from Andy Hall. Um, who will be the UFC champion in every division next year? Oh. Let's go through them quickly. Let's go through them quickly. Uh, okay, I predicted uh, Rose Namajunas. Or not, yeah, Rose Namajunas will stay the 115 pound champion, but a lot of people think. Tatiana Suarez, who would you think? I don't know. Will Tatiana Suarez mm, maybe get a shot this year? She, she probably should, but it'll be, mm, it'll be close. wrestling heavy, very heavy grappling style. Mm-hmm. In the past, Dana has kind of kept Dana has kind of contempt for those kind of fighters. Mm-hmm. But uh, John Fitch did get two title fights in the end because if you just keep winning enough, you, you get the fight. So I think it's going to be very hard to beat Tatiana. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like Rose, how does Rose look? And Rose, can Tatiana just dominate her on the ground? I don't know how it looks. It's, yeah, it's a very it's difficult one. Fight. It's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, I think Valentina Shevchenko definitely stays as the flyweight champion. Anyway, I think Amanda Nunes will probably stays as 135 pound mm. champion unless she gets stripped. There's definitely in, in a year in MMA though. It's, it's, That's true. Uh, yeah, that is true. 145. You could see Cyborg winning that back if that rematch happens. But I say yeah. Nunes as well. Uh, heavyweight Cormier I think Jones will be the champion this time next year what do you think DC says mm. he's going to retire so you could be looking at Steve yeah retirements mm. um, should the Chad Mendes retired and everybody just ignored him like was it that's just, true yeah, right, that's, that's not happening like no way <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even talk about it I was going to bring it up when you were talking about it but I was like nah, nah, no nah. point uh, John Jones light heavyweight he'll surely still be champion this time next year unless he gets struck well, well like the drug testing yeah, yeah. um Mm, I'll go with John Jones yeah. Middleweight I, I think it's going to be Israel Adesanya I think he's going to do it uh, I think Whitaker I think Whitaker He's really good alright 
Yeah, Wonderboy should move up though. He and should, find yeah. him again. I was just thinking that as well. Yeah, he should. Uh, Woodley, I think Woodley will still be the welterweight champion this time next year. Much yeah, you don't fight like, and you don't get stripped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, it's not his fault. Uh, he's like, even if he does fight Kobe Covington, nobody cares. Uh, if he does fight Usman, nobody knows who Usman is. It's sort of a hardcore fan. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think Woodley's in no rush to fight, uh, and. There's like there's no real guy that you want to strip the belt and give the belt or position for the belt either mm-hmm. at that at that weight. Yeah. So I think he'll probably fight once and against Covington and win, and then he may fight again against Usman, and that'd be a tougher fight. But I think he probably wins that as well. Yeah, I think Usman needs a little bit more time. I think he's the toughest matchup for him, but not yet. I don't think. But uh, yeah, I'm looking. I, I'm looking forward to seeing both those two fights. But I think Woodley will win. We'll circle back to lightweight in a second. Flyweight. Will there even be a flyweight champion this time next year? I think there probably won't. I think they're still going to get rid of it. Unless Sahuda yeah. wins. If Sahuda beats Dillashaw, it's going to be very hard to get rid of that division. It's going to be very hard. But I don't know. I think Dillashaw will beat him, and then I think they will get rid of it. But there you go. TJ Dillashaw, would he still be 135-pound champion next year? I think he probably will be. I don't mm. think any of those guys are going to beat him. Marlon Marais. I think Cruz, Cruz could Cruz. beat him, and uh, Garbrandt could beat him, but I don't think they're in any rush to make those matchups, and I think you'd have to slightly at least favour TJ in both of them. Yeah. Um, Max Holloway at 145 pounds. I think he's going to go to 155. I think that weight cut's becoming a Is bit here too much. Yeah, I, think I, I don't think so. Think so? I think this year is going to be like he's not going to go up just for a random fight I don't think and I think this year is going to be delayed a bit with this kangaroo court commission thing and then Habib and Connor are probably going to fight again if I guess mm-hmm. um, so I don't think they'll be you'll be clamoring clamoring for you or for uh, Holloway to move up and mm-hmm. I don't think Holloway's going to move up in this fight random 155 pound ranked guy that's true uh and the, the last one here that in one name uh graham who will be the lightweight champion on the 5th of january next year lightweight yes mm. oh it's a tough one come on give me just give me one name go on um habib Oh, you fucking traitor! You're you're not a shill anymore. You're not a McGregor shill. I'm taking him with you. Max I think it's Holloway. just the more the more likely the more the most likely thing is mm-hmm. like because like the rematch is like I say it's probably going to happen, but I, like the, I haven't heard anything and like everything's depending on this kangaroo court. So I think the safe bet, if I was like if I had a bet and all options at the same odds, a free bet, I think the Habib is probably the safest bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. we I think Max Holloway but there's a couple of things as well just on, on Instagram there someone was asking, asking about a Habib Laps fan he was asking about Habib as well and yeah and it, you know, it's tough to say anything about Habib because of this, this court thing you're talking about and Oshie McCarthy as well was asking about uh, John Jones and him talking about going fighting Joshua and Wilder I think a lot of that is, you know there's a lot of shit talking on there and that's on, never going to happen like it's never going to yeah. happen but um, these, these things happen anyway in MMA and that was I suppose that was a good review of the year you know we talked about a lot of shit that was happening last year we talked about the year coming up and stuff. If any questions, anything we missed, let us know and we'll, we'll talk about them uh, again next week. Please sign up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. We have a load of things coming. We're going to have the people's, um, the $20 subscribers get a 15 minute podcast of their own every month and that's up for everyone to listen to. So we'll have a couple of them up over the next couple of weeks. We want to do about, what was it about again? I don't know. Oh yeah, here we go. Um, your five favorite moments of 2018. So we're going to be talking about that over next week, probably be out Monday or Tuesday. So um, yeah, that's, the podcast for this week and uh for the, to start off this year happy new year to everyone Merry, hope you had a great christmas we really appreciate your support whether you're a patron or whether you're a subscriber or a listener and if you're not a patron just subscribe to us on on podcast addict or uh, itunes or, or stitcher wherever you you listen to a soundcloud as well as always a good place and even if you don't listen on soundcloud go over to soundcloud and, and uh, give us a click there and give us a, a subscribe and stuff as well those soundcloud numbers are really uh, important for us so if you could do that that would be uh that would be great. Graham, any final words before we go? My, I'm losing my voice here. I don't know why. Yeah, for all the people with the on Patreon, if you if you want to get a rewatch of Deshaun, uh, obviously we, Ben Askren fights are preferable. Can you just can you just stop <laughs> doing this? This is I hate this gimmick so much. I absolutely. Why do you do this? Because it's a brilliant gimmick. That's why you hate <laughs> it. Gimmick. I did actually the the second John Jones Alexander Gustafson fight after doing the first one there. 
this week. So that's a good thing if you want to sign up now. So tell me Cindy Dandois as well, obviously, is another Shawnee Shawnee favorite. Can you if you okay if you what is that ten ten dollar subscribers they can get a fair <laughs> so if you want to sign up and ten dollars for a month you can sign up and I will review fucking Cindy Dandois for you for a tenner. I think that's that's we need to up that to like fifty. Yeah. I think <laughs> people should start sending people start sending in um, topics of uh, Shawnee and comparing. Uh, uh, or like things like you know combined eleven for Liverpool and Man United. And, yes, uh, <laughs> things will make you will make you really sad. Do you know what we should do as well? I was thinking about it. We haven't discussed this yet, but like when we get to two hundred subscribers, someone so our patrons, uh, and this would be a good thing for people. We should do a live show, right? Where we get just people from Patreon can come on with us we do a google hangout and we give the the link to everyone on patreon so you can just pop in ask us a question live on the video as we're live on youtube for like the 200 people are there or whatever so we're going to do that uh, a bunch of piss takers yeah that'll ruin the that's show. grand i don't care if they're signed up for patreon they can come <laughs> and take the piss out of us so when so we get to when we get to 200 patrons we're going to do that we're going to do a live show so that's incentive for anyone to sign up you can come take the piss out of us you can talk you can ask us you can have stay on for an hour with us talking about fucking john jones if you want so uh do we can that. all take the piss out of Sean. We can, all, we can all take the piss out of me so that's always a good thing to do alright everyone thanks for listening and before we go here's the inspirational quote of the week only those who attempt the absurd can achieve the impossible we'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Sunday or Friday or Saturday whenever it comes out